this is an opportunity right now to let go of that which does not serve me and find the thing that does. Welcome to the Drew Perlman Show. Think of this podcast as the antidote to the fear, the noise, and the talking heads in the news. The show features an entertaining blend of ancient wisdom, empowering ideas, and cutting-edge, healthy living science to optimize your health and your life. So let's dive in and get started. Today's guest on the show is Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. And Miguel is the author of a number of great books, The Five Levels of Attachment, Living a Life of Awareness, The Mastery of Self, and the Don Miguel Ruiz's Little Book of Wisdom. He also co-authored the book, The Seven Secrets to Healthy, Happy Relationships with his dear friend, Heather Ashamara. And Miguel is also a Nagual, and he now helps others discover optimal physical and spiritual health so that they may achieve their own personal freedom. Welcome to the show, Miguel. Good morning, Drew. How are you? I am doing very well, and it is an honor to have you here on the show. And I, I really wanted to just dive in. Um, you know, we're in some very unprecedented times with this uh, coronavirus, and there seem to be like epic levels of fear. And I'd love for you to tell a story that I heard you tell recently that your uncle told you about Hercules and the plague. And I think this people can really relate to. Sure. Well, it's uh, my uncle's, let's just give you a backstory. Um, my uncle is an oncologist, my uncle Luis. And my, I have a, uh, my dad's a doctor. My, my uncle Carlos is a doctor. My uncle Luis is a doctor. So it's my uncle Luis, but the oncologist. When I was a teenager, he told me the story of, um, of a story, like a, a Greek mythology. Now, mind you, I've, I've looked for this story and I haven't been able to find it. So you have to take it with a grain of salt. So it's just probably a story that my uncle told. But I'm not sure how it. If there's people out there who know it, please let me know what the, the, the story is. But here's the version my uncle told me. One day, back in the Greek days, Hercules sees plague coming. And plague is walking towards a town that Hercules considers himself a protector of, one of many, of course. And he says, no, he's not going to come to my town and kill so many people. There will be so many dead. No, I'm going to try to prevent this. Hercules goes up to Plague and, and greets him. Plague, you are not welcome here. Please turn away and leave. Don't go into this town. Oh, great son of Zeus, I honor you as I honor your father. But I am doing my job. This is what I came to do. And I'm going to do it because that's what great Zeus has given me to do. No, you are not coming here. You are not coming to this town. I will stop you. Oh, great son of Zeus, great Hercules. I am doing my work. I'm here to do what I do in honor. Hercules looks at that and he doesn't want to get in the way of the order. I guess he understands. So he comes up with a different solution. Says, all right, I'll let you pass, but only if you promise to take but the lowest number you can, say a thousand. Oh, great Hercules, I will. I will promise you I will only take a thousand. I won't do more. I promise you, you have my word. And Hercules lets him pass. Plague arrives, 50, 
hundred, three hundred, five hundred, thousand, two thousand, three thousand, five thousand. At this point, Hercules is already mad. He feels betrayed. He feels like Plague just dishonored him. So he waits for Plague to come out. And when he does so, he says, you lied to me. You lied to me. You told me you were only going to take a thousand people. But you took five. Oh, great Hercules, son of Zeus. I kept my promise. I only took a thousand. Fear took the rest. And that's where he ended, you know. He left my uncle, <laughs> stopped there making me think, you know, as a, t- a teenage boy trying to think what that meant and all that. And as I'm now in my 40s, yeah, fear, fear can make and create a lot of havoc, sometimes worse than the actual virus or situation because it, well, it, it creates havoc in our lives to the point where, as the analogy of the story goes, well, it creates more death when ignorance and fear and reaction and all the thing that fear brings comes into play. So we live in a time where fear runs rampant. But here's the thing. One of the things about coming to peace with fear is coming to respect fear. In order to respect fear, we begin by understanding what fear is. What's the function of fear? And it's easier to understand things as a function sometimes rather than a concept because when it's a concept, it tends to morph quite a bit. But... In, in, in its definition and its meaning and its in its impact, but as a function, its impact becomes a bit clear in the sense that the function of fear is to keep you safe. That's it. In our own individual lives, in our own sense of self, fear protects you and takes care of you when there's a real danger in front of you. Say there's someone with with a gun or a snake, and you respond with fear. Miguel, I'd love to get your your thoughts on this. You know, for anyone who's listening right now, who's feeling pretty hopeless and powerless about their life and their future, what would be one thing if you if you had this if you had this person in front of you right now, you were talking with them, what might be one thing that they can do today to take their life in a new direction? If you had to just pick one thing, today today is the youngest you will ever be. That's it. Today is the youngest day of your life. The proof of that is that if someone took a picture of you right now and you look at this picture in a couple of years, you're going to say, look at how young I was. And that's the truth. Because right now we're saying that about the pictures of someone took of us sometime, some years ago and we say, look at how young I was. I'm looking at, I was looking at pictures with my wife the other day and we saw, man, how young was, were we when we first started this family that we have? And at the time, we're we're really in our in our throes, you know, of, of two kids, one with special needs. My son has autism, and we don't know what we're doing, but we're doing the best with what we've got. You know, it's for us is is that it's it's all hands on deck. That's how we approach uh, our family, all hands on deck. You know, it, we, it's it's a team effort, and and we're gonna get through this together by working together. Well. Right now, you are the youngest you will ever be. You are the sum of every decision you have ever made, every choice, every 
action, every one of those consequences has brought you here to this very moment in time. And at the same time, at this very moment in time, you are the youngest you will ever be because you have your whole life ahead of you. How do you want to live it? How do you want to engage it? And the beautiful thing about that question is that only you get to answer that. I was talking to um, a, a firefighter chief. Like I, I did a show not so long ago with a group of firefighters. And we, we kind of caught lightning in a bottle in the pre-interview, and we tried to recapture it in, uh, again. But the pre-interview, we should have recorded the pre-interview. That was, that was a phenomenal conversation. But they, one of the captains said, because we talked about suicide, and one of the captains you know, was, was talking about what do they do and tell someone who is suicidal and the things that has helped them is that suicide is such a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Beautiful. Because it's the truth. All our problems we have right now are temporary. You know, so it's what makes us tough, what makes it feel like we don't have a choice is that we're not willing to let go of a certain what if. Or we, we're not, for example, here with the jobs, you know, we're, 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 we're living in a time where there is uncertainty, you know, so... What do we do? And I'm included in this, of course. What do we do? Well, we let go. In order to survive, we let go of an attachment. And in my case, we let go of a certain standard of living. In order to survive, I like, the, I like analogies, of course. It's uh, <laughs> batten down the hatches, bring down all the sails, and let's get ready for the storm. Luckily for me, my wife and I have gone through this in 2008. You know, we learned from that what it's like not to, what what it is to, and all right, we now we understand. So when I said to her the other day, all right, um, this coming fall, I'm not sure. Like they were expecting things to get a little better during summer. Things are going on a weird thing. Let just in case, hopefully it'll get better. You never know. The kids will go to school and things will get better and they'll go time full time or not, let's batten down the hatches. What does that mean? We let go of a certain lifestyle. We, okay, we say goodbye to certain vacations. We let go of certain uh, things like going out to restaurants and eating for lunch. Okay, we'll stop that. And we adapt to the situation at hand. And we find a way because what's going to motivate us to go through this is helping our children get through this. You know, for me, our most important aspect of all this is maintaining the mental health of my daughter and my son. And we do that by maintaining me and my my wife's own mental health. It's 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 right now to me that's the most important part because you know I've witnessed the isolation. They both of them are have been impacted by not being around their friends and the, 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 what's important to them. You know, as we sometimes forget, we forget what it is to be young. You know, we, we, as adults, we, we forget mm, absolutely that what is, what is to be young. So, so we look, so we look at those things. What is important in our life? What is something in our life that matters most? What's as I'm going to quote my dad here. What is your priority? My dad, that's something my dad always said to, to me and my brothers and, and any of his students. What's your priority? 
what are the leaks? If you under, if you know where the leaks are, fill them up. You know, that's another boat analogy right there. Because if you don't take care of the leaks, you're gonna drown. You're gonna you're gonna sink. You gotta take care of the leaks. What are the leaks? Uh, the things that drain you, the things that take you away from what is your priority. In my case, in my situation, my priority is my family. You know, my my wife, my two kids, and my two dogs. And part of helping them is taking care of myself because if I run myself ragged, I'm not going to be able to help them. So how do I how I let go of all the stuff that takes away from my energy so that I can have energy for what's going to let me help them? Uh, how do I adapt? How do I transform? How do I uh, reinvent myself in order to maintain this and that's that's the beautiful thing about being the youngest i will ever be i can go in any direction in life you know i am still the infinite possibility it's easy to see the infinite possibility when you hold in your arms a newborn you look into the eyes of that newborn and you can see a doctor a lawyer an activist an artist a soccer player because you're looking into the eyes of someone who has their whole life ahead of them well the difference between the baby that my parents held in their arms 44 years ago and the man that's that's talking to you right now is that I grew up and I've learned how to use this body, I've learned how to use this mind, but I'm still the infinite possibility because I'm alive. I am the youngest I will ever be. How do I want to live this life? How do I want to engage it? And at a point, I, can, I realize I can go in any direction in life. This is an opportunity right now to let go of that which does not serve me and find the thing that does. Excellent. Um, Miguel, if you had the opportunity to travel back in time, say 30 years, and talk to your younger self, what words of wisdom might your current self tell your younger self? Two things. Um, don't take it too serious. Don't, don't enjoy it. And don't waste your time with someone who doesn't want to be with you. There you go. <laughs> That's it. Well, we got most of my questions here. I, I really appreciate it. I want to thank you for, for, for being on the show today, Miguel. Thank you for listening to The Drew Perlman Show. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. In the words of the old Chinese proverb, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is now. So here's to getting started today, right now, living with awareness, living with intention, and living with purpose. Stay well, everyone. Thank you, Drew.